The Lord has laid a little something on my heart that I just want to share with you, and I am not going to be lengthy this morning. But if you would turn to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse number 26 through verse number 35. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through verse 35. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, maybe you know, the next scripture says Mary was troubled. If you saw something like that, you would probably be a little troubled yourself, right? The Bible says that when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation that this should be. And the angel said unto her, or unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be? seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered her, and I loved it, the angel answered her and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And therefore that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And I'm going to stop reading right there and ask that you bow your heads and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity this morning to be in the house of the Lord. We thank you this morning that as we have worshipped and as we have praised, we have felt your presence in our midst. Thank you for each one of these beautiful little children that have given their time and offered their worship unto you that we might be both entertained and blessed. We come to the reading of your word this morning, and Father, I pray that you would just empower me to speak as an instrument that you would have me to be. Help me to impart truth. Let Christ be glorified. Let the church be edified. And we will forever give you the praise and forever give you the thanks. And we ask it in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement said amen. So as I mentioned a moment ago this morning, I do not intend to preach, um, but I just want to share with you what the Lord has placed on my heart this past week, and I appreciate the little ones, and I appreciate Sister Bonnie and Laura Ann uh, directing our little ones to bring to us the, the program that they have brought this morning. 
And I would also remind you after the service, be sure and stick around and have a little fellowship. Amen. And uh, get better acquainted with one another. But this morning, I want to speak just very briefly on three specific things concerning the coming of the Christ child. Three very specific things that I feel that the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart. And I want to talk about his destiny, his purpose, and his reason. His destiny, his purpose, and his reason. Those three things the Holy Spirit just kind of placed in my heart this past week. The first thing that I want us to consider was his destiny. His destiny. What was his destiny, Pastor Gary? Simple answer. His destiny was the cross. He came to die. I would submit this morning that the Christmas story is not just primarily about the birth of a child that would grow to be a great teacher or a great example of righteousness, although Jesus was all of those things. But I submit to you this morning that the story of the birth of Jesus Christ is really all about a Savior. That came to redeem you and I. It's not just the story about his birth and about how a child came into the world. But it is really about the fact that God realized that we were lost. That we were in sin. That we were separated from God. And the story is about a Savior that would come and bring us back into fellowship with God. A Savior that would come and bring redemption and bring reconciliation and cause us to be restored with our Creator. To reunite us with our Heavenly Father. He was born to die. His destiny was the cross. There is an old song that I remember singing when I was just a child and as I was growing up. It was written by Dottie Rambo, one of the great authors of Christian music. She wrote a song called, If That Isn't Love. And the words that are in that song, uh, some of the verses or some of the words of that song says, He left the splendor of heaven. Knowing his destiny, it was a lonely hill called Golgotha where he would lay down his life for me. Thank God this morning that he came to bring reconciliation and redemption to our life. In the words of John the Baptist, John the Baptist said in John chapter 1 and verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God. That taketh away the sin of the world. Now, we read that and we're familiar with that. But let me just tell you this morning that those that heard John speak those words knew exactly what he was talking about. They were familiar with Genesis chapter 22. Do you remember Genesis chapter 22? 
God says to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son, Isaac, and I want you to go to a particular mountain and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Abraham takes his son, Isaac, and they go to a mountain, the Mount Moriah. God says, that's the place. You can read about it in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham gets the wood on the altar. He straps Isaac to that altar and he raises a knife or a dagger and he is about to plunge it into the heart of his son. And God says, wait a minute. Stop. Abraham, Abraham. Lay not your hand upon the son. Lay not your hand upon the child. But God says to Abraham these words. Now I know that you would not withhold your son from me. And now I know that you have faith in me. And God, the Bible says, counted Abraham's faith as righteousness. And God said to Abraham that day, I will provide myself a lamb. I will provide the lamb. Abraham looks up and he sees a ram that's caught in the thicket. He releases Isaac and he binds that ram to the altar and slays the ram. But what God was saying to him was there is coming a day, there is coming a place, and there is coming a time when I will provide the lamb. I will provide the son. I will provide the sacrifice. And I want to tell you something this morning. Mount Moriah, where Abraham was going to offer his child is the same mountain in Jerusalem where God offered his son. He came to die. His destiny was the cross. When John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, those people understood that this man was God's Lamb. This man was God's lamb. His destiny can be seen in the announcement of the angels to the shepherds. In Luke chapter 2 and verse number 11, he says, the angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. His destiny can be seen in his name, in the name that the angel Gabriel told Mary to call him by. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 through 33. We read it in our text. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the Son and call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Again, we see the angel directing that his name would be called Jesus. Again in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 through verse 21. The Bible said, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. 
When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost and Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example of her, was a mind to put her away privately. I preached a message some years ago about the true hero of Christmas. Now, how would you like to be engaged to a woman and find out that she's with child? And you knew it wasn't yours. Hello? But here's what the angel said. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. His, his name was called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. His name is significant. His name is significant because Jesus is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Joshua or Yahshua. It means Jehovah is salvation. So understand this morning that he came to save his people from their sin. To save his people from their sin. That is a very strong word to be saved. You don't just save somebody that needs a little help. You've saved somebody that's helpless. Hello? I mean, you don't just save a person that is lost, you know, at sea, but a, a person that has, uh, that has no hope and they are helpless to save themselves. That's what Christ came to do for us. His destiny was Calvary. The Bible said that he was the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the earth. The foundation of the world. He was born to die. His destiny was the cross. Secondly, consider with me his purpose. What motivated him to leave the glorious beauty of heaven? Lay aside all of his majesty and come to planet earth. Understand that when Jesus came into this world, he pre-existed before he came into this realm. How do you know that, Pastor Gary? John chapter 1, verse 1 said, In the beginning, God, or in the beginning uh, was God, and, and, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So understand that he, he was there in the beginning. He was there with God in the beginning. And the verse 14 says, amen, that he became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He existed with God in the beginning before he ever came. And yet he was willing to leave the splendor of heaven and willing to give up his glory and come and be manifested in the form of a man. He took upon himself humanity. What motivated him to do that? 
his love. His purpose was love. Amen. The Bible said in John chapter 3 and verse number 14 and verse number 17, Jesus said these words, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. For whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He came because he loved us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The wages of sin is death. Ephesians 2 and 4 says, but God is rich in mercy. Why? Because of his great love for us. God is rich in mercy because of his great love for us. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons and the daughters of God. Behold what manner of love that God has given to us. Jeremiah 31 and 3, the Bible said, The Lord hath appeared of old, saying unto me, Yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Can I just tell you something this morning? You will never outrun the love of God. Preacher, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I've been. It really doesn't matter what you've done and how bad you have been. You will never outrun the love of God. He loves you. He loves us. Romans 5 and 8 said, But God commended his love toward us. God revealed his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Paul said in Romans 8 and verse 38 and 39, he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature will be able to separate us from God's love. That's powerful stuff. I did not do, you did not do anything to deserve that kind of love. And yet his destiny was the cross and the purpose for which he came was to reveal God's love for us. God's love for us. The third thing that I would like for you to consider this morning, and I will be brief and then close. The third thing that I would like for you to consider is his reason. His destiny was the cross. His purpose was love. And his reason, what, would, what was the reason for all of that? One simple word, you. You. You are the object of his 
obsession. You are the object of his affection. You are the desire of his heart. You are the focus of his attention. I, I, I know what people mean when they say Jesus is the reason for the season, but it goes a little deeper than that. You are the reason for the season because you are the reason for which he came. He came for you and I. We may at times feel unworthy. We may at times feel afar off from God. But understand this morning that the reason that he came and the reason that he suffered the cross and the reason for his coming was for you and I. He said, all that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. All that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. Sometimes we may feel alienated from the Lord, but this is what God says about you and I. Isaiah 49, 15 and 16. This is what he says about us. He says, can a woman forget her sucking child? Can a mother who is nursing a baby, can she forget about her nursing child? that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. And then God says, they may forget. Now, what do you think the odds of a nursing mother who's given birth to a beautiful child, the odds of that woman putting that child aside and just forgetting about it? Pretty slim. It happens, but it's pretty slim. God says, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, she may forget, but I will not forget you. I will not forget you. Everybody say, you means me. Mm. Have there ever been any times in your life that you have felt forsaken? Have there ever been any moments in your life that you have felt as though you were alone? I came to tell someone this morning that you are not alone and that God will never forget who you are. He knows your name and he's got your address. Hmm. He goes on to say in verse 16 of Isaiah 49, Behold, I have engraven you on the palms of my hands. Uh, I have you engraved on the palms of my hands. You are ever before me. His destiny was the cross. His purpose was love. And his reason was you. Our text this morning is very, very clear that Jesus came to be a savior and to save his people from their sins. My question to you, are you one of his people? Have you fled from God's judgment to the foot of the cross of Calvary? Have you come to know Jesus Christ 
as your personal Savior. Somebody said, well, I did many years ago. How many of you know God is interested in a current relationship? Are you trusting in the blood alone to pay the penalty for your sin? This season, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord, I just want to remind you of his destiny, his purpose, and his reason. The cross, his love, and you and I. Bow your heads, please. Sweet Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the gift that has come to make us whole. I thank you for the gift of your Son. I thank you this morning that he came. I thank you this morning that he bled and died on our behalf. That he was raised from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. I thank you this morning, Lord, that he was willing to fulfill his destiny and say, Not my will, but thy will be done. I'm thankful that he came not with judgment, but with mercy. I'm thankful that he came not with law, but with grace. I'm thankful this morning, Lord, that he came to redeem and to reveal the love of God to us. I'm thankful this morning, Lord, that we all right now have an opportunity to say yes to him. If there be one here in this house this morning, Heavenly Father, that has not made a conscious decision to accept Jesus Christ then I pray this morning, Lord, as this simple message has been spoken, that you will speak to their heart and let them realize the need in their life to come to Christ. I pray these things, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Is there one person here this morning that maybe you have never made that commitment to Jesus. You have never made that commitment to receive Christ. And you would say, preacher, this morning, I want my name to be written in the Lamb's book of life. If there's a hand, just slip it up quickly and put it back down. God sees that hand. God sees your hand. Understand that he loves you so compassionately. Is there anyone else who'd slip that hand up and say, Pastor Gary, that's me. I, I have not made a, a commitment to the Lord Jesus. Is there anyone else? Stand to your feet all over the building if you would, please. Stand to your feet all over the building. I, we, we have had hands that have been lifted that have said, I've never made that decision to receive Christ. I'm going to tell you how simple that it is. I'm going to tell you how simple that it is. 
The Bible said that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Bible said you are saved. So here's what I want you to do this morning. Those of you that lifted your hand, I want you to just call upon the name of the Lord in this manner. Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I recognize my helplessness. I recognize my hopelessness. I recognize my sin. And I trust in Jesus to be my reconciliation and to be my penalty for my sin. And I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. And then believe it with your heart. And according to God's word, you will be saved. Slip your hands up all over the building. I want to pray for these individuals. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, saints of God, I want you to pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray supernaturally that as these individuals call upon the name of the Lord, that you will pour out your spirit upon their heart. That you will let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have written their name in the Lamb's book of life. And that they now belong to you. You said all who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. Lord, you said in your word that everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Save them this morning. Redeem them this morning. Put a joy down in their spirit and a joy down in their heart that they simply cannot explain. Put a peace down in their spirit that passes all understanding. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have been redeemed through the coming of your Son, Jesus. Through his destiny, through his love, and through his reason for coming. Bless every heart this morning, I pray. In the name of the Lord, we ask it. Go ahead and say.